My name is Erin Kenny. I am a registered dietitian, holistic cannabis practitioner, and master of nutrition science. Welcome to my podcast, Nutrition Rewired, where I share cutting-edge, practical advice to improve your health and debunk myths to help you rewire the way you think about nutrition and wellness. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking all about this new zero calorie sweetener called allulose. And the reason why I wanted to talk about it is because I get a ton of questions about different types of sweeteners, especially these zero calorie sweeteners. Are they too good to be true? Are they good for us? Are they bad for us? Now, if you haven't already listened to episode eight on my podcast, I would highly recommend that you go back and give that a listen because I talk all about artificial sweeteners in addition to sugar alcohols. And I think it's really important as consumers that you know the difference and that you know what some of the consequences of consuming them could potentially be. And of course, I bring in a ton of research on what I know about these sweeteners and ingredients that we might want to watch out for on food labels. Allulose is a rare sugar that we naturally find in certain fruits. In figs, raisins, we find it in kiwis, as well as jackfruit. So similar to stevia, right, because we know that stevia is derived from the stevia plant, we can actually find allulose in natural food sources. So that's promising, right? As we hear that, we're starting to feel pretty positive about it. But we also know that when the product is in its whole unprocessed form, it usually takes a few steps to get it into the form that we're adding it into a recipe, like a granulated sugar or a liquid form that we're adding to a recipe. So it's always important to keep that aspect in mind. It provides about 0.4 calories per gram. And when you compare that to cane sugar, cane sugar is four calories per gram. So that's a pretty big difference. Now, the FDA has agreed to allow it to not be included in the added sugar section on the Nutrition Facts label, and that's similar to other zero-calorie sweeteners. But the caveat here is that it does still contribute to carbohydrates, which you know, especially if you listen to my podcast, we're not afraid of carbohydrates. But if you're someone who follows like a ketogenic-style diet or is worried about carbohydrates, then you will find 9 grams per 2 teaspoons of allulose. Chemically, allulose is similar to fructose, which is the type of natural sugar that we find in fruit. However, your body doesn't process it the same way that it processes fructose. So this is where it gets pretty interesting. It's virtually calorie-free. It has absolutely no effect on your blood sugar due to the way that your body metabolizes it. So this could be really good news for people who have diabetes, for example. In terms of its manufacturing process, allulose is primarily produced from corn, along with several other plants. Now, the issue here would be for somebody who has a sensitivity to corn, an allergy to corn, or just generally wants to avoid corn for personal preferences. There's also the conversation about GMOs. So if you care about GMOs, you're going to want to look for a product that is non-GMO, corn-derived allulose. So the product in front of me, which I'm not going to discuss brand names in this episode because this is not sponsored, 
but the product that I have in front of me says non-GMO allulose. So they are pretty loud and proud about the fact that their product is not genetically modified. And so this is something that you would want to look out for if that's important to you. Now, in terms of the sweetness, I have tried several different artificial sweeteners in my day. I would say monk fruit, stevia. I've definitely had my fair share of Splenda back in the day. I drank a lot of Diet Coke when I was in my teens. Yeah, you guys, I am absolutely human. I have tried them all. And I never really loved the taste of a lot of the artificial sweeteners, especially now that my taste buds have changed and my diet has changed. I prefer the flavor of a maple syrup or honey or even just regular coconut sugar or brown sugar. But when I do consume those artificial sweeteners, which is not on a regular basis, they either leave a really nasty aftertaste or they're overpoweringly sweet to the point where it actually ruins the food for me. This is not really the case with allulose. In my experience, it is pretty mild. It doesn't leave a weird aftertaste, and it definitely is not as sweet as regular sugar. It has around 70% of the sweetness of regular table sugar. So to put that in perspective with regards to stevia, stevia is about 200 times sweeter than table sugar. Sucralose is about 600 times sweeter. So you actually need a little bit more allulose to achieve the sweetness that you're looking for from a regular sugar product. What I liked about it when I used it in the cookies that I made was that I don't really like things super sweet. What I find is challenging with baking when you're baking healthy items. I've obviously done a really great job because I made a cookbook called Rewire Your Sweet Tooth and everything there is delicious. But when you're trying to achieve volume in a baked good, the sugar is a huge part of that. And also when sugar bakes, it caramelizes. And allulose, it achieved all of those things. It gave me the volume in the cookies, it gave a little bit of sweetness, and it kind of caramelized on the outside so the cookies were nice and golden brown. So that was my experience. It is not overpoweringly sweet. I didn't notice any sort of aftertaste. And mind you, I'm talking about the product that is in a granulated sugar form, so it looks like white sugar. And I used it cup for cup, even though even on this package it says one and one third cups of allulose sweetens like one cup of table sugar. So just like I said, you have to use a little bit more if you're looking for the exact same sweetness as sugar. Sugar in and of itself is a whole nother episode. We could talk about reasons why you might be craving sugar. One of the most common things that I see in my clients is that they're not getting enough protein. So if you have not taken a look at your protein intake, if you're not getting protein at every meal and snack, I would start trying to be more mindful about that because protein is very satiating. It helps to balance our blood sugar. And I've seen it do wonderful things in terms of banishing sugar cravings. And then, of course, you have to eat enough carbs and fats and fiber and all those other things. But protein is definitely a big one. 
So let's take a look at the research now that we've kind of talked about the ins and outs of what it is and how I've experimented with it. Most of the research to date on allulose has been conducted in animals, which is not surprising to me because this is what I noticed with all of the other sweeteners and sugar alcohols that I looked into for episode eight. In the two studies that I looked at done in humans, the first one, allulose was found to help lower blood sugar levels after a meal. So it could have these potential anti-diabetic effects, but this was a very small study, only 20 subjects. A 2018 Korean study of 121 overweight participants who were given either sucralose or allulose found that body fat percentage and body fat mass were significantly decreased following, following allulose supplementation. So it's not even like we're seeing that allulose was better than, you know, the, the control that they're using in the, these research studies, but we're seeing that allulose could potentially be a supplement that acts on lowering blood glucose. Now, beyond the hypoglycemic abilities of allulose, there are also reports that it could directly aid in fat loss. A 2015 study published in the Journal of Food Science, obese mice fed allulose for 15 weeks experienced a reduction in body and liver weights, total fat mass, and abdominal visceral fat without any reduction in muscle mass. A 2016 study found that mice on a high-fat diet who were fed allulose for 16 weeks experienced significant reductions in body weight and body fat to the point where there were virtually no difference to the healthy control group. So we have these research studies in animals that have been showing, okay, we have potential for body weight, body composition change that might be favorable. And we have some human studies showing that it could be beneficial for blood sugar. What about the impact on the gut microbiome? Well, we don't really have specific research on the gut microbiome and allulose. One thing that's important to note, especially if you're someone who struggles with irritable bowel syndrome or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, is that allulose is not a fermentable carbohydrate. So it's actually absorbed by the small intestine. When I say fermentable carbohydrate, I'm referring to those types of carbohydrates such as high FODMAP foods, so like apples and bananas and avocados, onions and garlic, those foods that people who have IBS or SIBO tend to get a lot of bloating, gas, constipation, they get a lot of those symptoms if they consume a lot of fermentable foods. Allulose is not fermentable. It's absorbed by the small intestine and it's excreted in the urine without being significantly metabolized. So that's promising for people who do struggle with those fermentable carbohydrates, that it could be a good option for them. In the research that I found, they looked at the safety in terms of GI symptoms. So this study was specific to looking at the gastrointestinal tolerance of allulose in healthy young adults. And based on their results, they suggested a maximum single dose of allulose of 0.4 grams per kilogram of body weight. So to put this into perspective, for someone who's 150 pounds, 
this would be 27 grams per day in a single dose. So that would be like for breakfast. For reference, one teaspoon of sugar is four grams. So if the sweetener is similar to white sugar, you know, you need a little bit more, then, you know, 27 grams in one dose is much more than someone would be consuming anyway. And mind you, they're just looking at how able someone's digestive system is to handle it without experiencing gas, bloating, nausea, diarrhea. So, I mean, you might be able to consume it. You just might not be able to consume that much comfortably. And an example when I can think of why someone would consume more than 27 grams in a single dose would be a cake, for example, something that maybe you're using in a frosting and the cake itself or eating a large serving of a dessert product. But if you were, say, adding it to coffee or a muffin or your oatmeal, then you're really not going to be consuming 27 grams in one dose. Let's say you're a client of mine and you want my advice, my main takeaway of should I consume allulose? Of course, no answer from a dietitian will ever be as simple as yes or no. So let me break this into a few different parts. If you are diabetic and you are really struggling to manage your blood sugar and it, your current lifestyle already is filled with lots of refined sugars, we might use this as a great tool to help kind of get you to a place where you're consuming sugar in moderation. And research shows there's potential anti-diabetic effects. So that would be a situation where I'd say yes. If you're a client of mine and you're just looking for, you know, something that is naturally sweet, you're kind of concerned that you're consuming too much sugar, I would still be more comfortable recommending a client use regular sugar, maple syrup, honey, those types of sweeteners, as we know, those are not the worst thing for you to be consuming in moderation as part of a balanced diet, of course. So we'll continue to follow the research. Hopefully we'll see more long-term human studies done on these types of ingredients. In the meantime, if you are interested in making healthy desserts to satisfy your sweet tooth, you can head over to nutritionrewired.com where you can find my Rewire Your Sweet Tooth cookbook, which is filled with delicious dessert recipes that are free of dairy, gluten, and artificial sweeteners. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to like, comment, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. I would greatly appreciate it. It helps to support me so that I can continue to bring this information to a larger audience. So thanks again for tuning in. And as always, don't forget to share the health.